Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. Hosted by the editors of Writer's Digest, this monthly podcast features conversations with writing and publishing experts whose insights will help ignite your creative vision, hone your skills, build your platform, and get your work out into the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. I am content editor Michael Woodson, and today we are talking all about editing our stories, from self-editing to hiring a professional editor, knowing the difference between editing and revising, and everything in between. Personally speaking, I never really felt like I learned how to edit my stories properly. I went to school for creative writing, and I felt very comfortable with the idea of putting down to paper what I was imagining in my brain. But when it came to taking my fellow classmates' constructive feedback and implementing onto my story, I really didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure how to differentiate what I felt like was really helpful advice with advice that just didn't feel like it was going to work for my story. And it's an important part of the process. I think that the better editors we can be, the better writers we become. Today, I'm sitting down with Tiffany Yates Martin, and we are talking all about self-editing, intuitive editing, and um, everything that can help make your story better. Here is Tiffany. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm sure our audience is well acquainted with you and your work, but for new listeners or for those who maybe don't know, would you mind briefly introducing yourself? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. First off, I love getting to be a part of this. Yeah. I like listening to it. Um, I'm Tiffany Yates Martin. I am the founder of Foxprint Editorial. I'm a career book editor, meaning I've done this for the last 30 years. It's all I've ever done. I'm the author of Intuitive Editing. I work directly with authors, both multi-published best-selling authors and newer authors. And um, yeah, I teach and I write for mm. outlets and organizations across the country. Yeah. How... You mentioned this a little bit at the conference. You were we were lucky to have you at the Writers Judges Conference this summer. How did editing come into your life in such a <laughs> profound way? Because when like when did you realize this was something you had such a passion for? Oh, that's a great question. I was an English major, so I knew yeah. I always loved this. Love it. I wrote from the time I I mean my first I wrote my first book in like third grade, <laughs> and it was called my autobiography about me. I wrote it myself, which was a very redundant title. Um, so I knew I, this was always a field of interest, but it was like, you can't make a living at that. So mm. I became an actor because that's much mm. more practical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then um, while I was acting, I realized I didn't want to be a waiter forever, which is what I was doing. So I started doing copy editing at the time. And mm. I really liked it, even though it's very sort of it's like very left brainy and what mm. I do now is developmental editing. So it's sort of both creative and practical, which I really like. But um, I did that for years, and then I started doing developmental editing maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago. Mm. And I, I was going to a lot of conferences because I love learning. And I was sitting, this was, I'm also a writer, um, and I have six novels published under a pen name, Phoebe Fox. So I was sitting in one of the classes and realized that all the classes I was going to were editing classes. Mm -hmm. And that that was really, that was when I think I first realized that's my main passion. I love writing. Wow. But I, I would rather edit than almost anything on earth. I always joke that as a writer, I could maybe put like one story into the world, you know, one full length story into the world a year. But as a, an editor, I can help midwife hundreds <laughs> yeah. of them. That's true. Yeah. I love that, the way of thinking of, think of it that way. Because I do think it is an art form like editing. And I think that I do think it's maybe important to consider it that way. Because as writers, we spend so much, so much time 
discussing like the creative process, the writing process, and an aspect I think that is equally important is the editing process. And it's something um, I think I'll be paraphrasing you here, but like, I believe you've said that the editing, editing process is really where the story truly starts to come together. I think it's probably the most important part of writing. Like the joke I always make is that writing your first draft is the first base camp on Everest, but maybe a better way to think of it is that writing your first draft, which is where all of our thoughts and teaching about writing kind of focus, mm -hmm. it's really just laying down the melody line and then you're orchestrating it in editing, mm -hmm. but we don't teach editing. And to me, it's, it is the foundational skill for an author. And it's mm -hmm. one of the reasons I think authors feel a little overwhelmed by it. They feel totally. confused by it. They don't know how to edit their own work. A lot of authors I talk to, especially now in this environment, think that it, you sort of, the process is you have to do X amount of professional mm. editing and X amount of beta reader and critique partner. And those are great tools and they're very helpful. But I think the bulk of editing your own work is part of the core skill of being an author. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because we talked a couple of weeks ago and I had mentioned how in, I'm also an English major and creative writing was my focus and we'd have um critique and in that critique was learning to um soak up constructive feedback but then that was it and it wasn't really like then what do you do with that constructive feedback how do you differentiate what is helpful to your story and what is like okay that's not really where i'm going with it but i appreciate it and then implementing that into our story i do think it's an interesting point that for a lot of people learning how to edit it is a it is a learned skill and we don't we aren't really taught it with the same degree of being taught how to put our imaginations onto the page i mean it's based in all the same skills right mm -hmm. all the writing skills you're going to learn about craft mm -hmm. are what you will use as your as your same tools for editing but you also have to have additional skills mm -hmm. and also there's a difference between editing and revising that i often try to draw a distinction so they require, each of them require different skills and are mm -hmm. each an invaluable part of the process of making your story as strong and effective as it can be. Yeah. So you mentioned intuitive editing. Um, how how do you define intuitive editing for um, hmm. our writers and listeners? That was sort of an accidental title, but it, a friend of mine suggested it when I was talking through trying to find a title and my approach to editing. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect because what I often hear writers talk about, especially by the time they come to an editor, is they'll say, well, I did Save the Cat, or I did the three-act mm -hmm. structure, or the hero's journey, and I followed it faithfully, so hopefully it's perfect, or you know, I, I don't know why it's still not working, because I did everything I was supposed to do. But that, to me, is taking an external framework and trying to lay it down on your story, and I mm -hmm. think that the way you grow a story that has voice, that's original, that is what you intend for it to be is by figuring out from the inside out how to grow it. And so the editing process, there's a lot of left brain skill in it. And mm -hmm. there is a lot of hard, concrete, practical, actionable skills is what I always call them. Mm -hmm. But also you have to figure out what's right for your story. And all those tools are valuable. I love craft books. I have a million of totally. them. But if you try to take anyone else's system, and I put mm -hmm. that in air quotes, and impose it on your story, you are you are like shoving your story into a mold rather than growing it organically to be what it what you imagined it being. Totally. I actually wrote about this for the website recently. The the idea of like sort of writing someone else's way and that being a mistake that writers I've done 
throughout my entire career. And it's sort of because I think we like to collect writing advice and we hoard writing advice <laughs> and they're often conflicting and contradictory, which is fine because there's, it's a kind of a beautiful thing because that means that like whatever kind of writer you are, there is advice out there to help you get your um, story where you want it to be. But to your point, um, it is important to think about editing as unique as the story it is that you are writing. And I think that it's is subjective. Totally. This is art. Art does not yes. have a formula or quote rules that right. you can impose on it. Yeah. So what these systems can be really valuable for that author or with a specific story or with certain stories you're mm -hmm. working on, but probably, you know, I always say it's kind of like, um, if you have a, tool, I use the word tool a lot, but if you have a toolbox and you have a, a pneumatic drill in it, I don't even know if that's a real thing. I'm making that up. <laughs> okay. And and that's the only tool you want to use for every single job you do. It's not always the right tool. Mm -hmm. You need to have a bunch of different tools. So I, I think the world of all these different systems, read right. all of them, take right. them all in, but use them as tools rather than as um, frameworks for yeah, your story. Absolutely. You briefly mentioned the difference between editing and revising, mm. and I find this really fascinating and interesting and important. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I think it's crucial to make the difference because the way that most authors, I think, will start to, because we don't teach how yeah. to self-edit, the way that most authors will go about it is they finish the end, and then they go back to the beginning, and they start going through, and you get sidetracked on this sentence isn't mm -hmm. saying what I want it to. This word is not as beautiful as it could be. Oh, I need to fix this, but later it also has this other element I need to remember <laughs> to fix. And so you get lost in the yeah, story. I'm feeling personally attacked. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's common. I mean, we don't know any other way to do it. And totally. it, it makes logical sense. But that's sort of jumping right into revising without doing the editing mm. first. And the editing is what a professional editor does. But as I said, it's also what every author should have as a skill set. And that means, so I, the, the easy way to think of it is editing is assessing, mm. revising is addressing. So editing is where you look at what you have on the page and see how closely it matches what your vision is, your intentions, how effectively it's conveying the story, um, whether all of the elements are in place in a way that draws the reader in and keeps them mm -hmm. hooked and maintains momentum and all the things we want to do as authors. Once you know what is and is not on the page, what is and is not working as well as it could, then you go back and revise. Mm -hmm. But if you just jump in, it's like, I'm big on the metaphor. It's like starting to build a house without a blueprint, you yeah, know, totally. without looking at what it's supposed to look like. You have to see what you actually have. Is I'm glad you say that because that's something else too that you mentioned in um, at the conference and just with us discussing is sort of like considering the craft aspect of editing. And that really unlocked a lot for me at the conference of like, okay, um, if I can see it as sort of like how uh, the character development, um, the backstories relationships, the momentum and tension, like, are they working? Um, how to, and also sort of like what, the difference between what I know about my story and what the reader needs to know about mm. the story, I think is really valuable information, um, which also goes into something that you talked about a lot at the conference and a little bit in um, us discussing was not just considering book writing advice, but uh, I guess absorbing all types of media and how that can help 
these aspects of your story, television, mm -hmm. movies, like the way that tension, we observe tension is um, really fascinating and how we can incorporate that into the stories we're writing. Can you talk a little bit about the the value that you think writers um, can have on writing when they do observe other types of media? This is my favorite. Yeah skill to sort of teach because I think we all read and watch stories because it's what humans do. And because mm -hmm. as storytellers, that's what we love. But I don't know that we always do it like in, in the editing mindset, which mm -hmm. is where I think it comes in handy. The reason that self-editing is hard is exactly what you said, because it's so we're filling in all the blanks because mm -hmm. we have this world in our head and it's so hard to see what's on the page versus what blanks we're filling in. Yeah. So we don't know um, objectively enough how something mm -hmm. is coming across to the reader and learning to see that is the chief skill we have to master, but it's really hard to do that on your own work. It's mm -hmm. a lot easier to do it on other people's work. And then once you hone, once you work that muscle out doing that, it becomes intuitive with your own work and you don't have to, um, it becomes, you don't have to sit and think, okay, am I showing character arc? Am I showing right. tension and suspense? Because you have learned how to analyze that you sort of osmose it into you and it becomes a part of how you write. So the way I always advocate doing it is a three-step process, but you can do any of the steps and they're helpful. First thing is um, the reason story succeeds and what we're all trying to do as authors is have an effect on the reader, the ultimate mm -hmm. audience. And so you are that person when you're analyzing right. something else. So you can start by just observing your own reactions. Am I on the edge of my seat here? Am I crying? Am I bored? <laughs> did I turn off the story and not want to turn the TV back on? Or did I keep binging? And in any mm. case, why? Then you start, that's step two, you kind of start tracing back the reasons and connecting it to craft. Why am I so anxious right here? Oh, I'm clearly concerned about um, what the character is feeling and what they're going to do next. And then the third step is to figure out how did the author do that? So you know what your reaction is, you figure out what craft elements that's based on and why you're reacting that way. And then you figure out the how. And if you can start to do that, these, you see how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, you just incorporate that into your own writing without having to, because the hard part about drafting is you should be more in your right brain when you're drafting. You don't right. want to get lost this is what we were talking about with the intuitive approach. If you're right. like, okay, I need to have the three act right. structure, you're taking, you're stripping away the vibrancy and the voice mm -hmm. and the impulse that is that first draft. So you've got to give yourself the, you got to take the fetters off so you can do that. But also the more you know about how story works, the more that finds its way into those first drafts. So they become mm -hmm. stronger and stronger. Yeah. Going back to that a little bit with the idea of like, the sort of your writing brain and editing brain because that is something that I really struggle with with my personal writing I don't know why I'm like I'm an editor full-time like I can do it for paycheck but uh, <laughs> and I love doing it but um for my creative writing I just I have a really hard time knowing what the shift is because I do get so um excited about a story when it comes to my brain and then I, I I sort of attack it feverishly and then I slow down and then I start to see the issues with it and then I get insecure about it but then I don't know how to turn on or when to turn on the editing side of my brain um do you have any insight into that and how to know the difference and then when to when to turn off the writing brain and when to turn on the editing brain 
That's such a good question. And I think it's a lot of what can hamstring us and what creates, yeah. again, air quotes, writer's block, because mm -hmm. I don't think there's writer's block is not some magical thing that <laughs> stops you from writing. There's a reason yeah, you're totally. not writing and you have to figure out what that is. And a lot of times I think it's the inner critic. This yeah. is one of the hardest things for me too. You're also an editor and I think I'm an editor down to my bones. So mm -hmm. I can't watch a commercial without analyzing it. And so yeah. the hard part for me was writing my own work without analyzing it as I was going. And if you're doing that, it's a first draft, right? It's mm -hmm. supposed to suck. But it, but the editor in me and maybe in you and a lot of authors is noticing that it sucks and telling yeah. us that it sucks and shutting down our creativity. Mm -hmm shutting down the very impulse that's going to create a workable first draft that we can do something with. Mm -hmm. So it's crucial, I think, to cut. The, I don't think the editor, I always joke, the editor, you've got like the super ego, I guess, um, is the editor and the id is the writer. And the super <laughs> ego has no business being in the room while you're writing, in my opinion. You are, you have to trust that as a writer and as a storyteller, and most of us are doing a lot of studying we yeah. are learning our craft. We're internalizing our craft. You have to trust while you're doing your drafts that you know what you know. Mm -hmm. And then later, after you're finished, then you come in with editor brain. And then after that, you go in, you, well, you go back to really writer brain for the revisions. Yeah. So it's kind of oh, a yeah. back and forth. You're handing the baton off back and forth over and over. And notice in none of that was ego. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ego belongs in none of those steps. Yeah. <laughs> good luck there. It's um, hard. I know so because we, we all want our stories to be so good, but then we're worried more about the product and we're totally. focusing on how it's oh, going yeah. to be received. And that is none of our concern. Truly. And I do like actively believe that. Like I do believe that the minute I finish something, it's actually not up to me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why like in the process that's so hard for me, which well, I would imagine I think is because true for everyone. I think it's mixed messaging because on the one yeah. hand, it's up to readers what they take from it, but you also have to consider readers as you are editing Absolutely. and revising because you have to see if what's on the page is yeah. reflecting your vision. So do you think any, I, I, I love that you have like a performance background. Do you, yeah. do you think, is that at all, um, a consideration in how you build story is like your background as a performer? Huge. Yeah. Uh, one of the best things, I, I consider myself a character editor. Mm. I think mm. it's the foundation of story and it's probably where I focus a lot of my attention as an mm. editor because if readers, we don't care what's happening unless we care who it's happening to. Mm. And I learned so much about character from being an actor because that's, yeah. that's your job. Totally. You're building a character pretty much from scratch based on just the words on the page. That's all you have to go on. So I think that's a great skill, but it also helps with a lot of elements of being an author in considering all the other characters and how they affect each other. Mm -hmm. um, just studying great playwrights, studying right. story a story, right? Totally. But I, it's also been weirdly helpful in the sense that as authors, we have to talk about our work. And yeah. that's a scary thing because a lot of us are, creatives tend to be maybe more introspective, more introverted. It's hard to pu public speaking is the number one fear of most people anyway, <laughs> no matter if you're introverted or extroverted. So it's been really helpful because it helps you know how to get up in front of people when you're on oh, the spot, sure. when you're pitching to an agent, when you're doing a podcast interview for your book, when you're yeah. doing other interviews or talking to a reviewer. It's really helpful, I think, to know how to um, conduct the conduct the stage so mm -hmm. that because you, you're you're the conduit into your work totally yeah okay so let's talk about when a writer is ready to hire an editor 
Mm. How do you suggest they go about that process? And do you have any, um, I don't want to say tricks, but like ways that people can avoid certain red flags that are out there? Yes, I do. I actually, on my website, one of the first Mm. uh, downloadables I created was a guide called Get It Edited. And it's a 13 page Mm. guide about all of that, like where to look for reputable editors, how to see if they're a good fit, how to vet them, how to work with them, what it should Mm -hmm. look like, what it should cost. I think this is it's really important if you're going to do this to take the time and effort and it is time and effort. It's, it's a little bit tedious to do it the way I think you should, but you're going to spend thousands of dollars on what is a very intimate piece of work Mm -hmm. for you and very important to you. And you need someone who's going to understand not only your vision and what you're trying to do on the page, but who you are and how you work as a person, as an author. So I do think it's worth spending time. So I talk about mm-hmm. where to look, and that can be things like there's some really reputable editing organizations, um, freelancers of New York. I can't think of all of them. Once you find a handful of people whose credits you think look right for you, and I always mm-hmm. suggest that they be not in any other field but what we do, mm-hmm. that they hopefully work in your genre. I have some other qualifications. Then um, I recommend a sample edit. I don't think anybody should work Mm. without it. I've been doing this 30 years and I still, if I have a new client, I offer a sample edit. It's too important that you, that your editor gets your vision and that you're a good fit for each other because I'm going to put a lot of effort and time into a story as well. And I always say I have to fall a little bit in love with it Mm -hmm. or I can't swim around in it as deeply Mm -hmm. as I need to because I'm doing multiple reads and I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about it all the time and I'm considering every aspect of it. So you want to find someone who feels that same resonance for your story. Um, Once you get the sample edit back, there are things you can look for as far as are they pointing out foundational things to the story? Mm -hmm. Are they trying to change your vision? Do they understand what your vision is? Mm -hmm. Do they not just point out what may not be working as well as it could but why? Because it's, you know, you can't just say, oh, this isn't really resonating without giving an off. That doesn't help an author. We have to know why not? What's not mm-hmm. resonating for you? Do you not understand the character's motivation? Does it not ring true? Does it not gel with something that we learned earlier in the story? So are they giving you reasons? And maybe are they helping you find a path forward? And that doesn't mean taking over your story mm-hmm. or making prescriptive suggestions. But I do think a good editor will say things like, we don't understand the character's motivation here. And as a result, we feel a little bit distant from the character. It might help if we knew why she said this, or if we had a glimpse into what's going on inside her while she seems so stone-faced with the person she's talking to, or something specific that gives the author the creative freedom to figure out how to address it. But it also sort of shows them some of the ways that could be possible and other ways, you know, I mean, as an author, your job is also to take what works and toss what doesn't. Okay. So that leads me kind of into my next question is knowing to, it's kind of a two-parter is knowing the difference between like uh, um, feedback that is, that you can tell this is going to help and this is going to make my story stronger and when to know if certain feedback is just like not right for the story and, and, um, in a way that is not a proud moment, like being like, I totally, oh. I, I see what they're saying, but it's just not what I'm trying to do. That's hard. Yeah. Because we never know what we're clinging to as a darling. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs> um, well, the first thing I always suggest is when you get edits back, read it all through and then get away from it for a oh, day or yeah. two at Very least. Very good advice. 
Because it, it's going to hit like a Mack truck. I'm mm. an editor and I hate getting edits because mm. I like every author on the planet, I want the editor to go, it's perfect. You do great. <laughs> Don't change a thing. And that's never going to happen. So I give it a day or two to, for the sting to wear off mm -hmm. and then go back and look. And what will happen usually in the time that you're away from it is that some of those ideas will be percolating in your mm -hmm. head and they will feel right. Like you'll go, yeah, I knew, yeah, I knew that character wasn't quite as cohesive as they needed to be. So then you go back and you read it more carefully. And if there are places where you react, so the darlings, I think, are the stumbling block. Generally, you're, you're going to get that initial but hurt reaction no matter mm. what. And that's normal. But if after that, there's something that not only is sticking in your crawl, but pissing you off, mm -hmm. that might be a darling. Because... Mm. If it's just feedback that doesn't feel right for our story, that's a neutral fact, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, okay, um, yeah, I see what you're saying there, but that's not what I was going for. But if we're really mad that they pointed that out, <laughs> sometimes that's a hint that we're clinging to something and that might be worth digging into a little deeper. Totally. Yes. And uh, like, I guess that also I think is um, an important uh, detail that may also like play into like, it is important to hire an editor because they will help. They come at it kind of in a therapeutic way that like, I am, I, I have your best interest at mind, possibly more than anyone in this moment. So my next question is sort of like, what in term between self editing and hiring a professional editor, what is the biggest difference between the two? And why do you think both is very important? I don't always think an author has to hire a professional editor, actually. Okay. I think that we've created an industry right now where that is sort of an accepted truism. But, you know, since time immemorial, this has been a core skill for authors to have. Mm -hmm. What I do think is incredibly valuable in getting a professional edit is that expert outside feedback. I always liken it to sort of hiring a contractor to renovate your kitchen. Mm. Do you need to? No. You could hire every one of those people on your own. You could make the job come together. You could do some of the work yourself. But if you hire someone who has done it for years and knows the right people and people who do a good job and can make it easier and faster and more efficient, mm -hmm. that can make the job more doable for you. Totally. So hiring an editor is basically if what you need is outside feedback, I think. Most authors do need a mirror held up to what's on the page because it is so hard to see what's on there. Yeah. And because you do need to know, how are people reacting? I think this is coming across great, but is it? Mm. So if you get one person tell you, I didn't feel invested in your characters, mm, maybe you think about that. And I'm talking mm. beta readers, critique partners now. If you get three or four, that's something to think about. But with an editor, hopefully what you have is basically the benefit of a multitude of readers because they have read so many other things. So we're not just like a lay reader that's coming in going, here's my impressions. We're going, right. here's my impressions based on hopefully hundreds or thousands of other manuscripts oh, totally. I've read and honing these skills. And it can just help you get where you need to go a little faster and more efficiently. Yeah, because I also think that like, we always say like um, reading makes you a better writer. Like you should mm -hmm. be reading constantly and it will have an impact on your writing. I totally believe that. But I also think I love this idea of like getting edits, taking a step away from them for a couple of days and coming back to them with like fresh, clear eyes, because I do think absorbing editorial feedback does make you a better writer. Even if some of the feedback you don't 
um, necessarily take. I think it just shows you sort of firsthand that like people are going to read your story very closely and that is a blessing (laughs) and you want that's like the dream is that you have writer readers who like uh joyfully pick apart your story and like and create their own um thoughts and and uh ideas about what's going to happen next and i think that uh you could be become a better writer simply by um exposing yourself to really great editorial feedback because I've I do. I've uh, been an editor for how long now and you're so right right when I started this career I was like I'd get edits back I'm like wow I'm terrible at this I should give up and now I get edits back and I like look forward to what people my team what they're gonna say and like how they're gonna help me make an article better and I'll get a note from like Mariah and I'll be like Mariah that was genius like thank you so much yes. I can't believe I didn't think about that myself you know it's funny. I find the the reactions between um, sort of newer authors and more established authors is exactly that. Is yeah. that I think as we get more established, we realize okay, these are not dictates. No one's trying to take totally. over our story, and they're not saying the story sucks. They're just—it's like a home inspector. They're saying here's yes. some areas where you might want to shore things up so your house doesn't <laughs> fall down. Yeah. Um, to your point about editing being so helpful, it or being edited, I completely agree. But in line with what we were talking about with analyzing earlier, I think one of the best things we can do for ourselves as authors is edit and critique for other authors. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was a part of a critique group many years ago. It had like 25 people. It was way too many people. Wow. It was overwhelming. But it was so helpful not just to do the edits on the work myself mm-hmm. and sort of start to see what am I seeing and why, but also to hear all the other perspectives because you start to see, oh, okay, this person sees this thing that I didn't see. You see how much of it is subjective. You learn to see when people are telling you how to write the story they would write versus telling you what's on the page that helps you get your vision across. I actually, um, another of my downloadables on my website is a questionnaire you can give to your beta readers or critique Mm. partners that helps you yield the kind of feedback because you're not looking for someone to tell you how to fix it or how to Mm. write it. You're Mm. looking for someone to tell you what is working on the page and what is not working to you and why. Those first two steps of analyzing I talked about. The how is up to you as an author. No one needs to tell you how, it's your job. But the what and why is essential for us to see, and that's what we can't always see ourselves. And learning to do that for other authors and also seeing other people do that will teach you more about self-editing than just about anything else. Yeah, totally. If you go to conferences and they do uh, reading critiques, that's a great thing to sit in on for that reason. Anything you can watch that is, uh, there's stuff online you can watch. They'll pick apart why is this scene working, anything yes, like that. Yes, we did that actually with you at the conference. We, yes. we, we watched scenes we're like, what's working? Why is this working? Not, you yeah. know what I mean? That was really, really helpful. It is. And break it down as granularly as you can, scene by scene. Like, don't watch yeah. the whole thing necessarily. Watch a scene. And if the scene drags you in, go line by line by mm-hmm. line and figure out what it is that's making that effect happen in you. Totally. Yeah, I love that. This has been so enlightening. Tiffany, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Where can our listeners find you on all of the socials? Probably the easiest place is foxprinteditorial.com. And that's got all my social links on there. I'm very erratic on social media, I'll (laughs) admit. But I do a lot on the website. I've got a weekly blog. I've got the downloadables, a lot of free resources for authors, online courses. And that's probably the best clearinghouse. 
And they can find your books there as well. They can. Intuitive yeah. editing and also my fiction if you're interested, but yeah, I'm not really doing that anymore. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for listening to Writer's Digest Presents. Join us next month, where we'll be in conversation with bestselling author Byron Lane about writing humor in fiction. Until then, visit us online at writersdigest.com or follow us on social media at Writer's Digest. 